This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Addison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Back at MGM tonight, PJ Glasser, Trista Crick. T, we're having some fun, aren't we? Yeah, we are. You know what time it is when we repeat our own promos before our mics come on and then our guy, Lukey the Dukey, turns the mic on accidentally a little early. Yeah, he did. All right, I'm trying to wait Kinda for this poopy. Bama-Indiana State game to start, Tristan. We got the big one going on. How about our Wildcats? Every dribble. Of a- every dribble of Bama hoops. How about our Arizona Wildcats up eight on Duke and Cameron at love halftime? It. I love it. I just want to have a sweat-free PJ parlay. That's all I could possibly ask for is just a winning night. I am greedy. Yep. I want every bet that you give me to win. I, I want everyone do. that I think of myself to win. A&M also up at halftime, 34-33. So that's two out of three at the crib. And then Purdue up on Moorhead State, 42-29. So the live total, I don't know what the live total is. 144. It's, I love that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can cash you nothing but winners. Soft Trista. line, soft line. That's Give all, me all those soft that's lines. That's all we're looking for. <laughs> How are things going in the NBA? You doing all right? Ah, no, not really. Right. Not really. I got to see. I've decided to just give up on that bit yeah, altogether. That's, that's Kyle Kuzma has three. Oh, boy. Uh, LaMelo has, has five. Gordon Hayward, ten. It's Daniel probably hit his side, Not but bad. I had the under on uh, on Jordan Poole. He has four points. He's zero for two from three. That would have been pretty much all I needed to do. Is probably take Lamelo under. It's going to be a losing bet. Just all the, all I have to say is yeah. it's going to be a loser. That's it's fine. Loser. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to try and win and cash some tickets in Jaguars and Niners. And Gary Smith's writer for Jacksonville.com is going to give us some insight on this game upcoming up on Sunday. Gary, appreciate the time. Really good game between the Jags and the Niners coming up. Niners obviously riding that three-game losing streak. Jacksonville, four-game win streak, 6-2. and Kind of what are your overall thoughts here heading into this game? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, and uh, an old Washington suburban kid. Uh, I grew up, I was born in New Carrollton. Oh. And uh, Prince George's County went to high school in college down in Charles County. Very nice. So, uh, it's a little so bit of home, old home week then. <laughs> yes, it's kind of cool. Kind of cool that I think this might have been the first time I've ever been asked to be on a uh, uh, radio show of any kind and in, in, involved with the Washington D.C. area. But anyway, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, you know the Forty ers have lost three in a row, but this, they didn't turn in. They did not change from being the five and O team they were overnight. I mean, and they lost uh, two of those three games were one score games and. One was at Cleveland, one was at Minnesota, and, you know, and, you know, Cincinnati, I think that spoke more to how well Cincinnati played that night. Looks like the Bengals are kind of out of their little early season funk and everything. So, uh, but, you know, the Jaguars have won five in a row, but you know what? Those five games in a row have also been, uh, you know, uh, two one-score games, uh, but really every one of those games went into the fourth quarter and, and some kind of doubt. 
however, it's, it's, it's a little bit different than the first half of last season for the Jaguars. When they went two and six, they were trying to find their footing under, under Doug Peterson. And, uh, and then they caught fire at the end and it looks like he's, you know, got them playing well earlier this year. And, and we'll find out because San Francisco is just the beginning of what's going to be their, uh, uh, their toughest stretch of games. I mean, that, nothing, nothing gets easier for the Jaguars. We're going to find out a lot about who they're made of because after the uh, 49ers, they have to be at home to Tennessee, and Tennessee looks like it might be playing a little bit better with Will Levis. And then the Jaguars have to go to Houston, a team that rolled them at, at, in Jacksonville, at Cleveland, Baltimore. Uh, and if they kind of run that gauntlet in the last three games of the season, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Tennessee – so, uh, you know, if they can maybe play 500 ball until those last three, win two of those three, they should still win this division. So the Jags defensively, uh, Gary, I've been very impressed with, especially considering that early on in the season it didn't look uh, as good as it is and it's just continuing to get better. A uh, run defense specifically allowing just 3.6 yeah. yards per carry. How do you mm-hmm. see that strength-on-strength matchup going because Christian McCaffrey is the best in the business? Well, you know, the Jaguars have played the run pretty good, but they haven't played a back like Christian McCaffrey yet. Uh, you know, when they opened the season against uh, the, uh, uh, the Colts, the Colts' first two running backs that are starting for Jonathan Taylor, uh, shoot, now I'm forgetting the other guy, but they didn't play in that game. Zach Moss. And, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, Zach Moss. And then, uh, and then you know, in Atlanta, they thought they were going to get a little bit of a test with B. John Robinson, but who knows what's going on there. And, uh, but, but, you know, Christian McCaffrey is easily the best running back they've seen uh, this year. So it's going to be a pretty good test. Uh, they, the Jaguars have been able, have, have played well against the run, mainly because, Unlike last year, the offense has worked with the lead. Their offense has worked ahead and given the defense a a two score lead for most of the uh, these games. And teams are kind of abandoning the run a little bit and going to the pass. Now, if you look at the Jaguars' pass defense, eh, not so good. Uh, they're they're playing a little bit of a bend and not break. You know, they're really not that good at a prevent defense. I mean, you know, Buffalo had to get two scores late, and one of them came in three plays. The Saints had a really quick drive against them when they had to get back in the game. So uh, it, it's kind of a, a, a two-pronged situation here where they're, they're good against the run, maybe because teams have not been able to run and they've had to throw against them. And, uh, uh, and now the secondary of the Jaguars have played very, very well. Darius Williams has three interceptions. Andre Sisco has three interceptions. Tyson Campbell's been banged up a little bit, but he's you know the best defensive back uh, in there. And the pass rush has been kind of Josh Allen all by himself. Uh, they're waiting for Trayvon Walker, the number one draft pick for last year, to show more than one move. Right now, he, he's got the bull rush. He's got yeah. that down pat. But, but a good offensive lineman in the NFL know how to uh, uh, deal with that. And, 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 and to his credit, they are chipping Trayvon more than they are Josh. I, I think that they see, they see the physical – they see that physique that Trayvon's got. He's, he's bigger than Josh. He, you know, he, he's one of these guys looks, you know, he's on the all airport team. He looks great in the airport. Uh, but, uh, uh, and he is getting some, commanding some attention, which is opening things up for Josh Allen. Now, Josh is having his biggest sack here since he's a rookie in 2019. But guess who was on the other side? Calais Campbell, who was kind of at his peak there. 
and they were double teaming Clayus Campbell, and Josh was getting, you know, getting open for more, uh, being able to rush uh, on single covers most of the time. Really so, quick. Uh, I was just. You know, that, that said, the defense is playing uh, pretty well overall, but they haven't played this offense yet. Really quickly, just out of because you were talking about the all airport team, is there any uh, like internal, I guess, regret that they didn't just take Aiden Hutchinson? If they, you know, if it is, then they're not telling us. You know, they, 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 Doug Peterson is a guy who will never throw a player under the bus, and you know, to, to, and that's more to his credit than anything. That says more about what's good about Doug Peterson. The general manager Trent Balky, we don't get to talk to him very much. Maybe once or twice a year, and when we do, he he defends every move that he's made. Uh, so I can't tell you what's in their mind. I do know that it, it's you know it's not Trayvon's fault where he got drafted. Yeah. If they overdrafted him, it's not his fault. Of course, he's going to sign for that kind of money and 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 take the and take that distinction as the number one overall draft pick. Uh, but I, I wish I could get some of these guys up on a lie detector, as you just said. Say, would you have taken Aiden Hutchison, uh, or maybe you know gone uh, a wide receiver in that situation? Uh, but you know, you're right. There may be some regret, but they sure as heck aren't going to tell us that. Gary, it's been an okay season for Trevor Lawrence so far. Nine touchdowns through eight games, four interceptions. We saw him last year, though, second half, really turn it on. Coming out of the bye week, are, are you kind of, is the vibe around the team, are they expecting Trevor to kind of do the same thing that he did last year, really turn it on here in the second half of the season? Well, he, he, he's certainly capable of that. Uh, I, Yeah, I, I don't know why there hasn't been an improvement by leaps and bounds, even over what he did in the second half. Uh, perhaps there was an error. There was a sense of desperation there. They had two and six. He had to, they had to roll the dice with him. They had to start going downfield more. Uh, so, you know, maybe they're being a little bit more cautious. He also, I, I think the absence of Zay Jones is uh, got a lot to do with what they're doing. That was Trevor's uh, security blanket was uh, Zay. He usually got open. You know, he was, he was you know, pretty good downfield. And you might say, well, you know, they got Ridley, but Calvin is still, yeah, I still think he's showing the rush of only playing five games in the last, what, two years, three years? Mm-hmm. He, in 2021, he only played five games, didn't play at all in 2022. And I think he's still kind of, you know, learning his way around. Now, Calvin's either been feast or famine. He's got a couple of 100-yard receiving games. And he's got a couple of games where they just they, they couldn't find him. Uh, Trevor went and looked elsewhere. So I, I, I think that they had to gamble a little bit more offensively last year in the second half of the season because they had so much ground to make up. And that's why you saw Trevor take shots downfield. The other thing is the offensive line has had more injuries this year than last year, especially uh, at the guard position. Guard has been uh, kind of a revolving door for them. They didn't have Cam Robinson in the left tackle for the first few games. And uh, uh, and last year they were almost injury-free uh, on offensive line until Cam Robinson got hurt against uh, Dallas, I believe, that overtime game that they won. And, uh, and a, a lot of the rush has been kind of uh, over those guard positions. The interior rush has gotten to, to Trevor a few times. And he gets sacked because he kind of wants to hold on to the ball a little bit too long. I think he, he – he hangs in there. He's a tough kid, and he feels like you know he can. He can, if he can just wait that split second longer, and sometimes those guys get there 
in that split second. The the biggest vulnerability, almost the only vulnerability, really in in the Niners' defense is their secondary. So, do you think that this could be because Jamar Chase had a hundred yards last week? You had Amari Cooper go crazy, Puka Nakua go crazy. Do you think this is a a, a feast game then for Calvin Ridley? Because it feels like this is a great matchup for him. Yeah, you, you, you would think, but the Jaguars are still going to have to be able to run the ball a little bit, uh, and and that's a that's a, you know I was looking at that. 49ers offense or defensive line. I'm sorry, you know the the first eight. What is there? Four number one draft picks mm-hmm. and a number two and a number. That's that's unbelievable. You know that, that, that how much talent is in there, and uh, I, I think it's going to be pretty. And you know Travis Etienne is the only running back that's produced. Tank Bigsby, who they really had some big plans for, but he's had some ball security issues, and I don't think the trust is there uh, just yet. Although the fumble he had against Pittsburgh. I'm really not going to hold him to that because it was really a great effort by the defense to get it out. And then the play was reviewed, and it could have, it could have gone either way, I think. But, uh, you know, I, I think if Trevor gets any kind of time, yes, he can, uh, he can you know, exploit that secondary with whoever he's got out there. Zay's not going to play, but Calvin certainly can. The problem is, is Nick Bosa going to give him that kind of time. You know, Gary, I like to listen to beat guys and not just what they say, but how they say things. And I'm not going to lie to you, Gary. You seem a little concerned about this matchup <laughs> in a lot of different ways. I'm going to need you to give me your unadulterated <laughs> opinion about how this matchup's going to go. Well, I well, you know, I've I've, I've lived in I moved to Jacksonville area in 1982, and they got the team in 1995. And uh, I I didn't cover the team. I was I was doing college football the first you know, 15 years or so. Uh, so I'm not a fan of the, you know, I cover the team and I'm not a fan. I, I, I like, I like this team's makeup and character. I like Doug Peterson. He's got a good culture in the locker room. He's got a good staff and overall, they're really good guys to deal with. However, this particular game, uh, I think the 49ers have a little bit more to gain and a lot to lose. Uh, they certainly don't want to go 0 and 4 because that's a, so I think maybe and desperation kind of you know helps you a little bit. It sharpens the focus a bit, and I think just so I think San Francisco is a better team. I really do. Uh, now the Jaguars have beaten teams that on paper have been favored, uh, and the Jaguars have a ten and seven record in the last seventeen games where they've been the underdog. So uh, you know they're 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 used to performing under a little bit of adversity, uh, but I. I like I said, I just think the last three losses for San Francisco are a little bit of an aberration. Uh, and I think Brock Purdy is getting beat up a little bit more than he should. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I overall, with the exception of, as you said, the only clear-cut advantage the Jaguars have in this game are their wide receivers against San Francisco's secondary. The question is, is Trevor going to get the time to exploit that? So uh, I, I, we, we do a thing where all the, the, the three or four guys that cover the team for us, and we get a couple of other guys, the AP guy and the ESPN.com guy, to make predictions. And I, I, I pick San Francisco, and I, I think it's one of those things that might be close, but I think they may pull away and win it by 10 or 13 at the end. He is Gary Smits, writer for Jacksonville.com. Gary, thanks so much. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Okay, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Niners minus three at the Jags. Tristan and I will give our thoughts on that game coming up here on BetMGM Tonight. 
It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.